0: Is being a nerd bad for you? We discuss this and more with special guest Chris Pierre-Domenico on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, home for the creative intellectual. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, film nerd, and with me as always is my notoriously nerdy co-host, Nathan Clarkson,
1: actor, author, filmmaker, and um, self-described nerd. Yeah, we're going full on on the theme today. Yeah, you did well. Yeah, you got it.
0: (laughs) And today we have with us a very special guest. He is an independent director, producer, award-winning screenwriter, teacher of TV and video production and journalism, and founder and dork in chief of dorkdaily.com. Also, as another great pedigree on his belt, he is an official overthinkers of our Overthinkers Facebook group. He is the courageous, the commanding, the captivating, Chris Domenico. Chris, welcome to the show. Woo.
2: Wow, thanks guys. You, you guys, I gotta tell you, you do the best introductions of people. Like I understand why people come back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. It's it's why we do it. It's why we do it so they come <laughs> back. Um, now, and before we get started, uh, Nathan, you, we wanted to. Is there anything that we want people to know about? We want to plug for people. Well, uh, before we get started, I will say if you like the
1: podcast and you enjoy it, would you please leave us a review? That helps us so much. And please share it with a friend. I also want to do a quick plug for our Facebook group. We have a growing number, I think almost 600 people yeah. now on our private Facebook group that is full of overthinkers just like yourselves who are asking these fun questions. We're having great discussions and memes and articles and videos, and people uh, love talking about them and debating about them, but all with uh, uh, goodwill, and we have fun. It's a really fun, interesting, and um, uh, engaging environment. So please head over to the Overthinkers group.
0: Uh, And as for now, those are all the announcements we have. Cool. Awesome. Yes. All right. Well, you're ready to get into our topic of the day, Chris?
2: I am so ready. Awesome. All right.
0: So today... We, three nerds, are going to talk about whether or not being a nerd is bad for us. Or good for us. us, (laughs) Or good for us. Uh, Nerds are typically defined as a socially awkward person who has a deep passion towards science or pop culture. Our Our culture's perception of nerds has changed drastically throughout the years. We used to primarily look down on nerds, seeing their lack of social skills and obsession with something boring or childish things as flaws, and made them objects of ridicule on TV shows like The Simpsons with the comic book guy being one good example. In Christian circles, things were often even worse with traditional nerd activities like Dungeons and Dragons or Harry Potter seen as distracting from interest in God or even demonic. However, as real life nerds like Steve Jobs became figures of admiration for the things they made and comic book superheroes and science fiction became hot Hollywood properties, attitudes towards nerds became more positive and nerds started being portrayed as heroes in pop culture like in Spider-Man and Kung Fu Panda. However, Recently, there has been a trend to look at nerds that interest interested in more negative light again. People regularly sound off the alarm on increasing the number of men living at home playing video games in their parents' basements instead of finding a job. Nerds have shown their dark side high profile cases of pop culture fanboys harassing female actors starring in nerd blockbusters like Star Wars and Ghostbusters. And high profile filmmakers like Martin Scorsese and Jody Foster have accused comic book movies of destroying the culture with their childish fantasies. Films like Social Network and Black Mirror episodes like USS Callister have crystallized this updated critique of nerds as people being unable to make real connections with people and compensating by using their positions of power in media and technology to impose their childish and self centered fantasies upon the rest of the world. So, Chris, I am a nerd. Nathan is a nerd. You're a nerd who's literally founded a nerd organization centered around being a nerd. <laughs> Do you think there is validity in the critiques of nerds that have been levied over the years? If so, to what degree and what are they? And what are some of the positive things you think are about being a nerd that you would say? And you, have, you can take it, as much of that or as little of that as you want in your remarks.
2: <laughs> Yeah, let me, I guess I can answer some pieces of that. So, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's beyond critique. And, you know, certainly there is uh, negative things. That, I, mean, I mean, fan culture can be toxic, you know, and I have, uh, I have friends that, you know, appear at conventions and I'll hear stories. And it, it, for the most part, they have very positive interactions with their fans. But, you know, just occasionally just, you know, somebody has to kind of ruin it. But it's, it's infrequent, at least in, in the folks I know. personally um you know I think everybody is a nerd about something Mm -hmm. um you know when I was a kid like elementary school I was probably the nerdiest kid in my class and (laughs) I know shocker Um, (laughs) and the the big thing back then was like all the boys were into sports so like all the boys knew all the baseball players all the basketball players like go Phillies go 76ers and I just had zero interest in that whatsoever. <laughs> and I used to get made fun of, because I didn't know, like they would smock me just for not knowing who these folks were. That's interesting. Um, and it, that was that was really interesting. Like that went through like uh, elementary school, middle school. And then by the time I got to high school, that's when I started meeting like, oh, there's other nerds. That's great. <laughs> you know, that's um, And then I think, you know, after that, you know, at college, I met even more nerds. And you know, after that, I feel like there was kind of like a nerd renaissance, which you know, I think you could partially attribute to like uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe becoming mainstream, becoming you know the number one movie. Every everyone that comes out is number one, you know, weekend. Um, And it's it's just. I don't feel like it's any different than somebody that gets excited about the Phillies or the Eagles. Yeah. Um, you know, I have, I have a lot of friends in the sports world. Um, I actually, I talked myself into a sports broadcasting job years ago that I started <laughs> and they had no idea. I didn't know anything about sports. Uh, That's amazing. <laughs> uh, but I didn't, I didn't need the knowledge for the job. So I have a lot of friends that are in the sports and the more time I've spent with them, like oh my gosh they're they're totally nerds it's the yeah. exact yeah. same thing it's just a different topic so i think you know it's it's great to be passionate about something you know mm-hmm. the world sucks Uh, (laughs) stuff happening right now, uh, is, is it just, I mean, you know, you watch the news, just, just things have been really bad as little as
0: possible, but (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah, that's smart. So, you know, to have an escape like this, that, you know, it's not hurting anybody. And, um, you know, the reason I created, uh, the dork daily facebook group the dork daily community is i just wanted a place to talk about stuff on social media Mm. with people that wasn't about politics all the time or about something negative yeah um i just need needed that like we 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 need that in life i think we need that kind of recreation especially in times uh, such as these
1: when everything is political angsty yeah. divisive. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's just interesting. Look, I like what you say about how everyone is a nerd about something. Yeah. And so I think there needs to be some definitions of terms here because I yes. think that on one hand, a nerd, the kind of nerd I consider myself is someone who loves something and finds other people, uh, it finds a community of people who love that thing and we love that together. Right. Um, very church-like almost. Yes. yes. Um, so well, I think we'll that nerd bit. culture at, at its base level <laughs> definition is a place where people find community around shared loves. And yes. I think that's something that's very intrinsically human. We are meant to love things. We, mm-hmm. we create a desire yeah. to obsess and to look and to search and to um, adore things, um, particularly stories. And uh, the stories that tell us, Um, about life and define reality, but also tell us who we are. And so I think that there's a really beautiful side to nerd culture. That is the communal aspect of coming around and, and finding something that's worthy of quote unquote obsession and adoration and fun and doing that with people. And there's this really bonding, um, communal thing that can happen when that happens. And so that, that's a kind of base definition of nerd for me. And that's where I absolutely fall under. And then you have kind of the cultural understanding of nerds, which is, you know, um, regressive, uh, kids who don't know how to grow up, who are obsessed with childish things who don't, you know, who, you know, they're 45 year old men. And instead of getting a job, they are, you know, uh, Buying memorabilia on eBay, spending all their money on you know uh, figurines or whatever it might be, and so you have this other side of obsession. Um, that does look unhealthy. I, I wrote a book, <clears throat> uh, gentle plug, uh, called "Good."
0: Doesn't have to be gentle. Yeah. Okay. In that case,
1: I wrote a book. Go buy the book. <laughs>
0: hey, it's, it's your podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so true. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> buy my book, uh, but the book is called "Good Man," and in and it is about men and who we were created to be, and and just kind of dissecting who men were made to be. And and in writing this book, I researched a lot of. Um, uh, cultures where where men are a big part of them, and, and one of those cultures was ner- was nerddom. Is that the right yeah, word? Yeah, yeah. It was
0: you to do that. Yes,
1: and and I found some really beautiful things there, yeah. but also what goes hand in hand um, is kind of the culture of inceldom. Uh, sure, uh, and not exactly, but they, there's a lot of overlap there. Uh, and I don't I, I don't just mean you know guys who have a hard time getting a date. I mean uh, men who are obsessed with childish things, refuse to grow, refuse to mature, um, and have a lot of anger issues and are ultimately antisocial. And so I think there needs to be a differentiation in at least terms here. And I want to hear what you think about this, Joseph, because I know you'll have some good differentiating things (laughs) in between this really beautiful, positive aspect of nerdom nerddom, which is finding stories and things we love you know and i'm not a sports guy i i you i'm you could none
0: of us here yeah, are. sorry <laughs>
1: Yeah, you you, know? <laughs> you mentioned sports teams. I'm going, I think I've heard of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of the city. Um, yes.
1: But I do see the benefit of this community of we go to games and we talk about them. It's the same right. kind of things that happens when you and I, Joseph, go to a Marvel movie. We talk about it. We get into right. it. We look at the the themes, and there's this communal aspect, which I think is really beautiful. Um, but then it also needs to be parsed out with the with the more cultural understanding, which is antisocial um, and lazy, childish, uh, and even sometimes angry or violent side of nerddom. So I think, and maybe maybe it's all one thing and this is a good side and a, and a bad side, but I do think they're different things. Um, but I think both of those sides can be talked about because there is real goodness and there is probably things that should be criticized uh, when it comes to maturity and growing up and right. yeah.
0: <clears throat> so there's, yeah, so you talked about that there's, there's the side of the human beings just need to have shared loves and build communities around shared loves. And it doesn't always have
1: to be around something like accounting that, you know, will make money or something.
0: Right. And, and there's a, but I think that society sort of got to a place where they, there were ones that were sort of socially accepted because, and they were typically socially accepted because they either made you money or it was, um, it was seen that they, it was around money or it was around religion, which was good, or theology or, nerds. Yeah, or it was around like, you know, sports, which people thought, what well, they're thinking was it brought people together. Yes. Whereas the perception, and it was not untrue for a while, is that the things that like nerds liked that were like, you know, doing math or doing, um, or pop culture were things that kept you isolated from other people or were kind of in, in realms that were more abstract. And so it didn't actually connect you with other people in the mm. same way, or it was fantasy. So it was fake. And so it was not real. And so that's not, so it was like, it was a kind of a hierarchy of these are things worth being obsessed over. And these are things not worth being obsessed over at least in a large social context. That's sort of how the nerds got associated. It's kind of funny cause you have like, you know like big bang theory is sort of like archetypal a nerd of all nerddoms and it's all f- things that don't always go together. Like science people don't always like superheroes. It's yeah, like, but that's and, it but the thing is we, they put it all together. It's things that keep you from being able to have good social skills with other people with yeah. sort of the things that, and that's the kind of nerd that people are kind of afraid of the one who and, and has problems. It's like if you don't actually learn to socialize with other people um, and have a shared love that actually creates community. And it's something that really literally
1: holds you back. Then it is something that holds church.
0: you back. Then it is something that holds you back. If it doesn't actually but that's one of the things that's actually happened is that the sort of pop culture and intellectual kind of nerds have made their way, have found communities with each other, like, you know, the con- the conventions, first of all, but then they found ways to actually make themselves into a the Hollywood system or to create like, you know, become superstars like Steve Jobs, who created things that all of us use. And so then became actually crossed over to community with the mainstream. And so that's, I think, sort of why now being a nerd is cool is because it doesn't actually prevent you from... Um, you know that kind of uh, uh, community building. Uh, now, I've obviously there's more to be said about that, but uh, but uh, uh, thoughts on that. Well, I want to hear what you yeah. think.
1: Do you think what are the aspects of nerddom that can be negative? What are the things that you've seen within nerddom, sure. okay, that's a good, yeah. be it um, uh, regressive or, or refusing to grow up, or even you know, there's a whole nerd community around My Little Pony uh, and
0: how don't you start messing with the bronies I probably will <laughs>
1: but how do you justify as a grown man spending time on things a- obsessive amounts of time and money on you know my little pony or whatever or even marvel
2: you know I think anything can be an excess like I I guess for me I don't view yeah I mean obviously there there is toxic people in in any community and and I, I don't really I, – I think that there's reasons for that other than um, nerdom because, you know, if you if you think back, I mean, in the 90s, the big thing was like, oh, well, violent video games uh, right. caused uh, kids to do violence and this and that. But it's really not, you know, about that. It's, it's you know, violent video games weren't causing kids to be violent. It's just the kids that were violent just happened to play violent video games. yeah. yeah. Um, and so I kind of look at it like that. Like, I know you mentioned earlier, like, you know, people living in their parents' basement. I, I did live in my dad's basement for a time. Same. We've all been there. But, you know, now my basement is a gaming room and I play video games with my wife like every night. So, you Love know, it. that's that's, awesome. th- that's a pretty sweet life, I think. So I think with anything, I mean, you, you can, um, if you're, if you let something become an idol in your life that is mm. impacting uh how you relate to family or friends um or maybe maybe you don't have anybody to relate to um anything that becomes a vice um whether it's you know being a nerd or alcohol whatever it is yeah. um i think it's the the root of the issue is deeper than than the topic than you know yeah. just saying like oh well being a nerd can be can be toxic um
0: I think that's, I think that's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, it's because we aren't, uh, we aren't, um, um, because we have not yet referenced for the fifth, seventh hundredth time yet C.S. Lewis or St. Augustine, um, you know, C.S. Lewis once said, you can love nothing too much. You can only love God too little. Um, interesting. And which is sort of him repeating the idea of um, uh, St. Augustine's, you know, ordered loves. Like it's like, there's nothing actually bad in the world. You c- That that you can love, you can't love anything bad in the world because that would mean that God created something bad or there was something in there that God hadn't created. Um, But you can love certain things in the wrong order, where it's like you know you you know you can you can you know, and loving a fictional character or fictional world more than a real person, you know, is is a disordered love into a certain you know. But yeah, yeah, I think that for one of the things, although you know, and from so this is you know, the arguments that I can say against sort of like having so much, again, there's so much love that we have for these fictional characters, these fictional worlds, these stories that, you know, I get, you know, and and Cis was talking about this too, where it's like, I get more passionate, sort of, I can feel more passion for a story of the Norse myths than I can sometimes for the stories of, of the Bible and for God's story. And that is a place, you know, where like a lot of Christian parents were kind of like, okay, like these, they're more passionate about these stories than they are about, their faith. And that was something that sort of was scared a lot of them. And I think I, I, I work with that tension with myself sometimes. And of course, as a filmmaker, I, I, I pretentiously say, well, that's just because the Christian artists who are making stuff were so bad. And so, and so, um, but it is not a coincidence. I mean, it's interesting that, that the, that, you know, uh, it used to be people like built cities and identities and communities around their religions, you know, or yeah. stuff like that. The first a recorded like building communities around fictional characters is with Sherlock Holmes, where like there was actually, you know, building sort of communities around fictional characters. What,
1: what uh, time period, what date would that be?
0: Um, I totally know that off the top of my head. It'd probably be
1: the, probably the turn of the century. I could be totally incorrect. Yeah,
0: late,
2: late 1800s. Okay. So I think and, about there.
0: And the thing is, like, there's part of it that's like, okay, if that's true, then like it, there is a certain sense in which the, building communities and primary identities around fictional characters is partly a symptom of losing community bonds around religion and faith.
1: Are we going to blame postmodernism
0: again? Everything. Everything can be blamed on postmodernism, but also a lot of good things.
1: So as soon as we kind of started eradicating the religious communities that we have we had to build we are naturally made to build ourselves around story and even you can even find story within sports that yes uh, someone i knew well called uh sports simulated war so there's still story there's narrative going on they came back from nothing you know whatever it might be
0: it's better because most time people don't die yeah exactly
1: (laughs) um but sports provide you a story to gather around so in in the absence of the christian quote-unquote true myth or the religious myth, we started looking for new stories to be a part of. Is what you're saying? Right.
0: Yes. And and to, so there's part of it's kind of like, okay, well, if this is that's true, is that a negative development? Is this sort of you know, a, a that you know, creating these large identities around fiction is that a negative development because it's a result of not building it around religious identity? On the other hand, you know, one of the things I love about these this rich fictional worlds that we have is that it does create a place for play, which there isn't as much in, um, in, in, and it shouldn't be in scenarios that we think are actually real life. You know, one of the things, I mean, there's there's a, a movie franchise that I, I love and I hate, but I, it's, it's called Ip it Man, who's, and it's, it's, made, it's a Kung Fu movie made from China. And the thing is, they're created a superhero, essentially, a Kung Fu hero, but it's based on a real person. But because they want to create it into an action hero, they end up fudging a lot with historical data with it so that he can be like a real action hero. And I like the fact that we can tell stories and, you know, like as Madeline L'Engle say, create cosmos out of chaos and tell stories that have meaning and be creative with that um, without actually doing messing with historical data. And so that's one of the things I like um, about nerd culture is it allows that with me and I can I can have my faith be one thing that I you know I worship and I understand the truth of it and then I can have this other part that allows my creativity to flourish without worrying I'm messing with the history so that's sort of my rant about that um,
1: now I have yes and then I want to hear uh, your thoughts on this Chris I have two things I'm going to agree with you guys about nerd culture having beautiful things and how Chris you mentioned it's not, anything can, anything excess can be right. a, and a bad thing. So it's not necessarily that nerd culture mm-hmm. is inherently bad. It's that it can be taken to an unhealthy obsession. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and even all, all these things we love, I'm going to quote someone who I love quoting a uh, uh, father just I'm not going to quote him. It's going to tell you his whole philosophy is about desire and how every good thing in the universe, be it star Wars, be it a story you love, be it e- even a sport that if it's good and there's something there, that desire for that is a natural desire for God. And if you uncover, if you dig deep enough, you'll find God beneath all these things that you love. Um, the stories, the video games, whatever it might be. I'm literally writing a book right now called The Gospel According to Video Games and how we can discover God within video games. So this is a good thing. These, I, I think, going with Father Gisani's philosophy about desire that desires are good but underneath all of our desires it lays god that all these things can actually pull us closer to god if we actually lean in and go deep in the desire c.s lewis said it's not that we desire too much Mm -hmm. um it's that we don't desire enough and that was uh you know said in the face of a lot of fundamental christians at the time who were saying you shouldn't dance you shouldn't want these things you shouldn't want sex you shouldn't want this or that or this or that and instead he said no no you should want You should look at that want and go to the heart and the depths of what it actually is. So that is, I will say, okay, cool. Nerd culture. You can absolutely do that in. Now my pushback is in, I'm going to look at Paul. And when he said, as I grew, I became a man. I put away childish things. Now this is the criticism that nerd culture gets a lot is that, yes, we all obsess over different things. Some of us sports, some of us, star Wars, some of us video games, I'm video games, star Wars, Lord of the Rings guy for sure. Um, But i have asked myself before when i have spent maybe a lot of time on a particular thing that would typically be oriented towards children be it a cartoon be a whatever it might be yeah. am i living into that calling of being a mature man, because, and I do think that there are different things that we can obsess about, you know, like theology nerds, you say, uh, they'll, they'll proudly say the theology nerd because they're obsessing about something that's actually understanding God. Mm -hmm. And if you put up theology nerds versus my little pony nerds, yeah, you would absolutely have to say, well, one of these things is better to obsess about and use your time on than the other. And it seems like a lot of the criticism is that nerd culture, it's not their criticism isn't that you obsess about things, it's about the things right. in which we obsess. And uh, with, so about, uh, about, yeah, what that's we really good. That's really good. Yeah. And so I think one of the criticisms that nerd culture is filled with very childish things that don't just, um, that aren't just, uh, uh, what's the word? Neutral. They're not just, yeah. oh, he, but they actually hold back growth. This is really good. They hold back maturity. They hold back growing into that man that Paul says, I put away childish things. Right. And it's ref- a refusal to put away childish things. And that a lot of nerd culture, um, the criticism is that it focuses on these very quote-unquote, childish things. Now, obviously, I don't uh, totally agree with these criticisms. Um, we've done many podcasts on the importance of superheroes and video games and cartoons, but I do want to pay attention to the criticisms and see if yeah. there's anything valid there. We don't
0: want to strawman them. The, the critique is that these things particularly are childish, not that it is childish to obsess about things. Yes, it's not the so obsession
1: isn't the problem. The things is that you're obsessing about so that, that, is that, the That's the problem. Possible.
2: Well, you know, I speaking as someone that um is nearly done re-watching the entire first six seasons of power rangers for a podcast
0: uh, <laughs> we are completely biased in this analysis folks
2: <laughs> um i mean yeah i mean I, th- I think that some if we're talking just stories like you know people's love of stories that's kind of what draws people into this stuff um there are certainly more simplistic stories that are less right. complex um I mean that's how I would look at it, but you know at the same time, when you're a kid, I mean football, basketball are pretty childish too. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, like uh, people in helmets, you know, fighting monsters versus people in helmets running into each other and <laughs> you know stopping sure. every twenty seconds and walking around and then going again, yeah. and um, so I, I think it's it's a lot of it is just the culture, kind of what the um, what the culture says, what the majority says. I mean, you know, 30 years ago, it wasn't cool to be into Marvel and this and that, but that's, that narrative has changed. So- but is it healthy
1: to be into Marvel or sports? I, I, I'm going to put them all in one in one sure. thing. I'd, I'd say Marvel, Power Rangers, all of it are obsessions that are quote-unquote childish. By the way, I'm a huge Mar- Marvel and video game fan. This is not a yeah. criticism, but I do want to ask myself, are these worthy things to put a good amount of my time and thought into.
2: I think if it's the only thing, you know, cause I, and going back to the complexity of stories, like obviously the Marvel movies are a little more complex than, you know, the power Rangers, but you know, there's certainly movies that are more complex than Marvel movies. Right. So, you know, I think, I, I don't think it's healthy just to be into one thing. Mm, you know? okay. So, Um, I could be really into Marvel movies, but that doesn't mean you know I'm not going to watch, you know, more of an art house type film when it comes out. Um, you know, if I hear good things and get something out of that. I I think I mean it's kind of like the same folks that only read tabloids, you know. Um tabloids can be great, but it's you know, or only you know, if you only read comic books, you don't read any novels. Um it's it's all a balance. We as a society, I think we as humans have a really 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 hard time with moderation. We either mm. have to ban something right? You know, we either have to ban something outright or we just have to like let it completely consume us. Yeah. And I think that's just the unhealthy mm. uh, where the unhealthiness comes in. You know, you mentioned, you know, spending money to you know, buy, let's say action figures, um, yeah. you know, figurines, whatever. Which right? I have, by the way. Oh yeah, I, I do too. I got all sorts of, all sorts of toys. Um, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but if you're spending that money, um, on your nerd stuff, instead of, you know, buying food for your family or you know, <laughs> yes, kids, college fund, that is, that's the definition of unhealthy Yeah, for sure. So it's the same thing. It's like, um, I might really be into chocolate, which, you know, I am love chocolate. But, <laughs>
0: but that's the, not alone. Only... Yeah. not alone. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, And if I, you know, maybe I would go to like a chocolate convention if I really like chocolate that much, but if that's the only thing I eat, like mm-hmm. it's, it's not the fact that I I'm really into chocolate. It's that's it's the only thing I'm into. Yeah. Right? I
1: always I- find diet is a great way to talk yeah. about these things because eating popcorn is great and it's fun and there's a time to do that but if you only eat popcorn your body will will rot. so I like basically you're saying diversify your portfolio of what you feed your mind with absolutely yeah there's
2: there's going to be things that we're more into than other things and that's fine but I think it's I I think it can be I think it's kind of boring to
0: just be in the one thing
1: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: absolutely I, I agree I think you know, it's, I think so one of the things we've sort of talked about, you know, here is, okay, having things in the right order. It's like food for your family is more important than, you know, buying action figures. It's like, okay. and also making sure you're not just into one thing is really good. I think that, you know, to your point, Nathan, there there is a value system sort of at work here because part of the reason that, you know, the, um, when people have started, the, the critiques against superheroes, have started to get more, uh, or, or nerd things have started to get more sophisticated, where it's like, okay, these people are in costumes. That's unrealistic. You know, nobody would do that. And it's like, well, okay, but lack of realism isn't, doesn't say that it's not mature. It doesn't mean the stories can't be complex. And also not
1: to bring this up, but um, uniforms in, in sports are in costumes course. too. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. You know, it became a, it, it, a lot of it, well, that's the thing is that Sir Martin Scorsese, when he did his whole critique of superheroes, like, well, that's just for kids stuff. James Gunn said things like, okay, but like, you know, so were cowboys and gangster movies. And then you yeah. made adult versions of those things. You use those genres to tell complex stories about what it means to be Like the Dark night. Yes. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's like, you can be, um, you can tell stories complex and interesting stories within these genres that tell us about what it means to be human in ways that are adult because they're about what it means to be human and not childlike, it depends on what the thing you're talking about. Because it's like, okay, if you get a lot of joy out of watching maybe the really early like Power Rangers stuff, like more than he's like, well, okay, maybe that's a little bit more childish than something else that they might do. But it's, you have to take it on a case by case basis. It's not just that you like pop culture that makes it childish. It's the particular things. And of course the, the critiques against like, you know, superheroes have become, have become okay, but it's like the idea of using violence to solve problems is an imperialistic kind of idea. That's, you know, so it's, it actually has a childish, you know, uh, fantasy Ooh, element to it. And that's so interesting. That's, and that's, and so, but that's like, okay, that is then a value system. You can say that that's a childish value system that these promote and you can make that argument. I, I again disagree with that critique, but, it's a critique that you can say that's why this content is childish; is it promotes a childish worldview. Um, and but then you have to take it on a case by case basis. Being obsessed and interested with fiction, and that's the thing is that when people say is this replacing God in people's lives? Well, no, it's not actually because it's replacing football or sports or things like that. Which also, playing. I
1: would argue that it can actually these things can teach us about and bring us closer really, to I God. think, yes. The so story, Lord of the Rings and Narnia.
0: Exactly. You know, Lord of the Rings and Narnia can do, exactly, stories and complex and interesting stories and beautiful stories that show beauty can do that and... Um, the thing is, we need a space in our lives for something like that, for a way of working out in creative ways. By creative, I mean, like, you know, we are, you know, shaping the world in a particular way. And you can do that through, again, like math and science, so like just shaping your world in a particular way. You can do that through sports, which is like interacting with other people in that way. And you can do that through creating and interacting with fictional worlds. But everybody needs a part of themselves, because that's what God did. Again, like God did create the world ex nihilo but what it focuses on in genesis is the universe being created and god sticking his hands in it and forming it and creating order and meaning and stuff out of the stuff that was there and so people have a need to do that and whether or not you're doing that in fictional worlds or other things that's the the need that's being filled it's not the need for god that's being filled and that's that's the sort of the argument I would make
1: well I, I'm gonna bring up another CS Lewis quote because oh, I gosh, like darn it but it's interesting <laughs> looking at his life um, he you know according to me he's one of the great theologians of the past hundred years uh, philosophers Christian philosophers um, but he that's also a really brave thing to say yeah. on this podcast <laughs> but he also wrote children's fantasy yeah. mm-hmm. and it's interesting that his children's fantasy are still the things that reach much more widely than any of his theology right um and so my i'm going to bring an argument to the argument i brought earlier um culture in general has this antagonistic view very often towards nerd culture these are childish things these are silly they're and they don't understand why grown men like us three would care about power rangers or narnia or all the things that we like or marvel movies and what i want to say to them and my argument back would be uh, the same argument that C.S. Lewis had when someone says You're, you were this great theologian philosopher. Why are you wasting time um, writing books for children? And he said, one day you will be old enough yeah. to read fairy tales again. And what he meant by that is these are not just inane, childish things. These are things they might have fanciful costumes and dragons mm-hmm. and swords or whatever it might be and ma- magic but these things actually can inform us about truth and God in a beautiful way that might be Power Rangers that might be the Marvel movies whatever it might be these things I actually find inspiration to be a better person in my real life by engaging these yes right now again I'm writing a book called the gospel according to video games looking at this negative stigma that people have about video games they're childish they're silly and saying actually I've been I've had my mental illness helped during them I have gotten through tough times by engaging with them I've been inspired to live better lives because of them. I've been involved in really beautiful stories. And even the cartoons I watch that are quote unquote kids cartoons, they provide escape, they provide goodness. You know, a while ago, I was with someone who, um, uh, who was becoming a Christian and because I knew that the places I was going to church were talking a lot about high theology and it wouldn't make a lot of sense to a new Christian, I went with them to a church that was, um, let's just say,
0: more basic. <laughs> and I and instantly I think everyone knows which one you're talking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I went to this church with them and it and they were more basic and I thought when it going in oh boy I'm going to you yeah. know muscle through this for them and I'm going to sit here and listen to all the old cliche things that I'm so much more smart and erudite now with my deep theology and I sat there and hearing them speak very simply about basic realities of my yeah. faith was really for a time encouraging to me because I had forgotten how beautiful just the simple truths about my faith were that God loves us. He created you. You have purpose and design. And I had gotten so far away from those of all my study that I had forgotten that there's some real beauty in the simpleness of things. And I think that a lot of these stories we engage with, while they might be quote unquote children's, there's some simple truths that we can actually find and derive from them. That these cartoons, these fantasies, these superheroes can actually remind us of very simple truths about life. So they're not just an escape. Yes, they can serve as an escape, but they're also a place where we go to be reminded who we are and how we ought to be in really fun ways. And so I think that if you wanna criticize nerd culture, That's fine for being antisocial. Not all of us are cool and smooth, but don't criticize us for not being attracted to things things that that have worth and that things that matter. Because all these things that we watch and engage with and obsess over actually at their heart do, I believe, matter and can have the ability to point us to great and wonderful things, even if they're sometimes simply said they are worthy things not to obsess over, but to engage with and spend time with.
2: And I think uh, you know it. It shows just how vastly designs individually designed we all are. Hmm. You know, I don't know if you ever tried to watch like an opera. Um, yes, on we, I live we
1: are actually right behind the Metropolitan that, Art, uh, Opera House right now. So absolutely.
2: I, I, I've i never been to one, but, you know, I've seen, you know, recordings and I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but apparently that's like high class, right? That's a high class thing yeah. to mm-hmm. do. But that that means something to somebody. It doesn't mean something to me, but it yes, means life. something to somebody. And that, that just, you know, I, I think that shows the diversity of art and the yeah. diversity of meaning for people.
1: Absolutely. And how people because I actually, I went with Lou, um, who's been on the podcast, of the podcast, to an opera. It's all Italian. He speaks Italian. I don't. And I had no idea what was going on. I was reading the subtitles. I didn't understand it, but he was so moved um, by one of his favorite art forms. And I thought, oh, there's something of worth here. So I'd say, if you want to criticize nerds, actually engage with their art. Cause it, cause I had this end tag, like, Oh, opera's silly. It's so over dramatic. Yeah. And then I went and saw it. I didn't totally understand it, but then I saw how it touched him. And suddenly I started understanding why this was a beautiful thing. So before you criticize nerds, I'd encourage you to engage with the things they love and maybe find out why they love. Them. This is so
0: funny. Cause like he did the same thing, whereas he dismissed,
1: Yes. Marvel movies. And yes. Like that.
0: And then he got into it. Yeah. And they actually were able to. <laughs> and he's a
1: bigger it. fan than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So engaging with the things that people find value in, you might actually find that there's more value than you had perceived. So that's.
0: Absolutely. Is, so this is something I, I, I'm going to say this and then I'm give it to you um, is that I think that that's something really interesting. Is that's one of the the things, the dangers of, of course, the multiplying of, of different nerddoms is that it does. If that's a primary community, it can drive us further apart from each other. Where it's like, if our primary identity is like, you know, that I like this particular nerddom, then I really can't relate as much. Again, like I have trouble relating to people's conversations with sports because, and if that's something that's really deeply important to them, then I have a difficult time relating to them. And so that's the And it's easy as a young man to dismiss, oh, sports are stupid, but maybe there's something valuable there. Right, and so the thing is, part of being an adult is saying, is learning, understanding that, understanding that it's actually valuable to like different things and actually putting the work into understanding what other people around you love so that you can actually speak to other people who love things that are different from yeah. you in that way. I think that's the thing is that like, nerddom becomes problematic when it becomes self-centered, just like everything else, where it becomes, it's going to disconnect me from other people. I'm not going to learn the social skills to actually relate to people who are different from me. When it when it, when it does cut us off, and separates us because then it does, and it does make us bitter resentful because we're made for community and we're made for community with people who aren't just exactly like us. And so I think that that's something that, that can happen and does happen. And then it also, again, if you're using it as, again, I'm going to say, if you're going to use it as replacement for God, you know, then of course, you know, you're, you're making something fake, something that's supposed to hold up the meaning of your life. And then it's like when somebody ruins your Star Wars thing, which, you know, I think they ruined it to a certain degree, but I know it's not the meaning and purpose of my life. And so it doesn't matter as much to me, but then it's like, okay, this person is a source of evil because they have, Ruins the thing. That's there's the also basis a lot of
1: exclusionary life. things. Yes, and it's and like you we are talking about. I think it's important to invite people into your. That's life. the third thing I was saying. Sure. I had a friend who I there's this band I love, and he didn't tell me because I like this band so much. I've been talking them up as a new band, and he didn't tell me that he'd already heard them and didn't like them. And so I I put them on in my car one day, not knowing he didn't like them. And he got out uh, after that day we spent together. And he said, "I really like this band, uh, but I didn't." I said, "Oh, really? What made you change your mind?" He goes, "Watching you love yeah. it made me understand why it was good." So yeah,
0: I'd say also invite people into your. Nerd. And that's that's the thing is that the other thing is that yes, oftentimes we're afraid that if we invite people into our nerddom, it's going to change it because other people coming in changes it, and we're going to have to change. And so there, that comes with a lot of exclusionary things that can make nerddom toxic and so I think those things of if it's something that cuts you off from other people and that you put more important than more important things like again being connected with others God supporting yourself supporting other people that's the place where it becomes toxic and I think the thing is because it's something that's so beautiful and can excite our passions just like religion and politics it has the power to do that in ways that are is attractive and seductive and so that's a thing that we always have to as nerds we ask ourselves is, is this connecting me to other people and helping me to love my neighbor better? Or is it preventing me from doing that?
1: And I'll add one more thing and then give uh, yes. Chris the closing thoughts. I'll also add, we touched on earlier. Um, is this holding people back? Is it making them right. childish? Those are real concerns. Cause I do yeah. know that a lot of, there are a reality of nerds who have arrested development and are right. growing up and becoming men. Um, where I think actually, you know, you look at Marvel. This is all about becoming a man. Yes. Um, so I would say, investigate your obsessions yes. and see to what degree they are helping your life yeah. or or keeping you from uh, maturing true. and growing. And so I'd say there there can be an unhealthy thing. That's a reality, and culture has a right to say yeah. this is unhealthy. But there also can be real health. So make sure that the things you're obsessing about yeah. are worthy and are actually helping you become a better, more mature yeah. person. It doesn't matter if they're their kids shows or not, just make sure that they're actually helping you become a better person, not keeping you from maturing to that better person. And I think that's where you have a really beautiful um, quote unquote nerd community and obsession. And Chris, I give you the last word.
2: Yeah. That's that's tough to follow up. That was a great summary. <laughs> uh, you, know, um, you know, I, I guess I just want to say it's, it's interesting. You were talking about earlier, Joseph, uh, people wanting to keep other folks out of their nerdum for, for fear of it changing. And I, I think the official word for that is gatekeeping. Yes. we mm. talk a lot about gatekeeping. Um, and it's ironic because, you know, I, you know, when I was in, in school – um, you know, I felt like I wasn't a part of the the sports folks. So I'm yeah. like, okay, well, I don't fit in here. But then in some ways, I wasn't enough for some of the nerdy folks, like I wasn't mm. nerdy enough for that. And it's just like, you know, haven't you learned, you know, like, yeah. it, sometimes, sometimes the rejected become the rejecters. And yeah. I think that's something yeah. that that's, very toxic, and i I think that is you know that's certainly a way of dealing with pain. and I think it's something we should try to avoid. so um you know, I think I think just being aware of these toxic things and and trying to avoid them as much as possible and it's you know what we's got to get over stuff. just yeah, know, and I think a good rule for this that for this, for anything really is you know, am I being a jerk? And if the answer is yes, then stop
0: doing that thing.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's
0: good. That's great. Well well said. All right. Well, thank you everyone. Now we move on to everybody's favorite segment. I actually haven't asked, I don't know if it's everybody's favorite segment, but I'm saying it is. (laughs) Yes blesses and curses we bless a piece of art or something and say we want to recommend it or curse it and saying we want to don't recommend it okay so um we will give you the option if you'd like to go first chris or if you'd like to go at the end how do you like to do this
2: i'll go, mine's kind of weird but I'll, I'll go first cool that's,
0: nice very very brave most of our guests don't go first so
2: we're very so, well done. yeah so I'm, you know, I'm crazy so um I would say, so, uh, Blessing and Curse, so blessing, I would say the Marvel Cinematic Universe on Disney+, Plus, phenomenal. Amen. Um, (laughs) Well said, well said. They have, um, I mean, truly, you know, at the same level as the films, and in some ways better than the films, and that it just, it's, uh, there's more story, like
0: it's just simply a a
2: longer runtime. Yeah, Um, they can develop the characters more, and the
0: ideas and themes more, so yeah, very excellent.
2: And really helped me get into some of these characters even more so than the films, and I think um, enriches going back and watching the films.
0: Yes. Um,
2: so you know, not not an easy thing to pull off, but I think you know both both of the shows we've seen so far and the upcoming Loki show, um, I think it, it seems very positive. So I will bless that. What I will curse is mm. one thing from wandavision
0: no you'll probably i'll probably agree with you you know on.
2: what it is um the i will now it's only one aspect i, I okay. love wandavision i thought it was i mean i loved it i mean it's it's a celebration so of of television history i'm a teacher of television so yes. I, I absolutely adored it um i'm gonna curse whoever's idea it was to make quicksilver a boner <laughs> <joke>. <laughs>
1: I liked it. that was fun
2: <laughs> because I was so I was so hyped up like I, my wife and I were watching it and when he shows up at the door at the end I'm like, oh my gosh, the universes yeah. are emerging and I'm a big um, fan of the X-Men films. they're not all great. I mean obviously there's some there's some sure stickers yeah. oh, there. but gosh. overall I really I grew up with that. I mean that was like prior to the the Marvel Universe, the yeah. cinematic universe. Um, so just to kind of have it be like, oh well, it's nothing. Um, yeah. I, I get that. I just disliked. And I, I got myself in trouble for saying that because I,
1: I forgot. <laughs> no, I've heard a couple of the podcasts as a new rock stars, I think. Um, by the way, there's a whole uh, YouTube channel called The Nerdists who talk about all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of nerds. But th- they said the same thing you did. They were like, really? It just kind of felt like a juke.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely was one of those situations. And again, I didn't bother me that much. But it was one of those situations where they did it intentionally knowing that they, that weren't gonna, it, like, they were going to pay off. That they were going to. They were jerking exactly. people around. Exactly. As like, oh, we know people look for these Easter eggs. Where we're, we're going to do it and we're going to take. See, it I kind of, kind of, of like the winks. I know, like this is this very you thing. Yeah, it was, it's the kind <laughs> of thing you would do. So.
2: <laughs> I I had forgotten that I have some friends on my friends list that work for Marvel. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I uh, I definitely got. Um, someone was unhappy with my take on it. I think I I compared it to the. Uh, the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. I said, I hate that they did the this. Oh my gosh, that's a that. Yeah, I can
0: see that. Oh my gosh, they did not appreciate that. They that's did hilarious. not
2: appreciate that. And eventually I was unfriended. I'm like, come on. Oh, wow.
0: Oh gosh.
1: <laughs> now, <laughs> so see, that's nerd opinions can get you. Uh, okay, yeah, i Social media,
0: like, well, you know, because...
2: <laughs> I'm afraid to. And you guys probably understand this. Uh, you, so I mean, both you guys really, um, that line between being a critic and being a filmmaker, like we're really not supposed to be critical.
1: Yeah. Other uh, as an actor, I have a hard time being critical of any filmmaker because I want to be hired by all of them. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's going to be really, really tough once people start actually listening to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I've cursed too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to come through all, comb through all our things. Um, no. So that makes sense. Fair enough, girl. That's a good blesses and curses. And how about yourself, Nathan?
1: I'm going to bless, um, I'm going to bless a couple things and pull up my uh <clears throat> This notes
0: is where he does his prepared. notes, yes. Um, I do notes at the beginning, he does notes at the end.
1: I'm going to bless WonderCon. The, mm. the, uh, the, it's a conference and I went to it twice when I lived in LA, it takes place in, in um, San Diego. And I had never been to a con before. And what was interesting to me is I had never seen nerddom on full display, like I had here. And even me who loved all these things and video games and art, I was a little trepidatious about being around all these crazy nerds. And what I found was it was a celebratory place. It was people celebrating story and they were, and they had dressed up and they had um, they they had found a love that was good and yeah. beautiful and they were engaging with this beautiful love together in a really wonderful good-willed way that yeah. was fun that was childlike not childish yeah. childlike it was and it was it had this real beauty to it and to me what it really was was a celebration of story and i'm such yeah. a guy who have have listened to any of these podcasts know that I love story. And I think that God is a God of story. He loves story. That's how he shared um, scripture with us is through the art of story. He didn't do it just theology. He told a story. And so here was this really human, um, Intrinsically human love of story on full display. And so, getting to be there the couple of years I went was just absolutely a wonderful memory that I look back on very fondly. And I'd love to go again. It's obviously been pandemic, but um, I would love to go to a con again just because being around people who love stories, especially the stories that you love, is a really beautiful and wonderful thing. So, I'm going to bless. WonderCon. I haven't been to Comic Con. One day I will go. Um, once
0: once it opens up, New York City Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, we'll have an overthinkers. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I'll, uh, I'll, yeah. All the overthinkers who like are in New York City. I'll, I'll meet you guys
2: there. I'm only like a few hours away.
1: Perfect. Okay, Perfect. We'll we're do doing it. it. Yes. Yeah. um So I'm definitely I'm definitely blessing WonderCon. I absolutely loved it. I'm going to curse Big Bang Theory. <laughs> um, <laughs> Itchy. I, I don't. I I know there's. I, do you like it, Chris? Do you like? big
2: I, I don't give a crap, man. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I have, both, I have mixed feelings I, about it. So I'm I not I would a, say a like, I, I didn't
2: follow, like it wasn't something I watched regularly. Like yeah. I've seen maybe 10 episodes. I could, yeah. I didn't okay. follow it. Um. So I, you're not hurting my feelings.
1: Okay. <laughs> In that case, I'm going to rip into it. Um. So my first ones have nothing to do with the nerd aspect of it. I just don't find it funny. The jokes are very predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters, to me, seem very two-dimensional. It's They just slap nerd on a couple people. Yeah. Um, and then a big one is, I think it gives people false hope. Um, one, it gives, uh, I don't mean just false hope that you're never gonna get the hot chick. That's not what I'm talking about. It gives you false hope that even if you got the hot chick, she would be someone you would want to spend time with. Yeah. Like this, and I'm going, I'm watching. There's nothing this. in common. Yeah, there's nothing in common. And it and it's a lot of it obsesses is these nerds obsessing around getting girls. I realize that's a reality, but I think the unfortunate reality that it doesn't talk about is even if you get that person that is going to be good or fun or interesting, that you'd want to get that person yeah. to begin with, aside from you think they're cute. Um so And ultimately, it's just, it's not funny to me. It's not original. It's not interesting. And then on the nerd side, I do feel like, and you alluded to this earlier, I don't feel like the creators of the show are nerd. And when it's the same kind of feeling I get when uh, secular Hollywood tries to incorporate Christianity in something. They just get it all wrong. I'm not even offended. I'm just like, you didn't even... You don't even, it's like, you know, uh, we were talking earlier, it's like if they mix Catholic and Baptist and evangelical all together, and this mishmash of, you know, some Eastern religion, and you're going, you don't even understand the culture, the beauty here. And so I feel like being someone who has a lot of nerd qualities and a lot of nerd friends, I'm going, you didn't capture what it means to be a nerd. You just took the most basic stereotypical thing and said, he's going to talk weird and talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, some random thing. And there's no nuance to the character. There's just uh, a... a non-nerd drawing up what he thought a nerd would look like in real life, and so I felt like it wasn't even genuine to the quote-unquote nerd community. Yeah. So I, I will say, and
0: again, I'll just go back to it. It's just not funny.
1: So, uh, <laughs> so that is my criticism uh, and my my curses. Big Bang Theory.
0: I will say, like, I really enjoyed Big Bang Theory when I first watched it. How old were you? I think I was about maybe like maybe seventeen. Or mm. two more. But you see, like the thing is, maybe in 20s and all like that, but the thing is what I what was for me, it was like I felt like I was, it was it was a, a show that was describing experiences I felt like I'd had. Okay. And I was like, okay, this is this is how I talk with my friends. These are things interesting. interesting. These are how these are how things I'm these are things I felt and I'm feeling. Um and I and so I did like seeing being it that way. But it was part of the beginning of actually mainstreaming nerd culture. Yeah, where it's like oh, you can make references to Iron Man and Lord of the Rings and people like that. It was it was a thing like that that I um, and I th- I, th- I thought the, the I think you could tell the episodes where it was done by nerds and ones that were not
1: interesting. Okay, I, I, I could, I've like, only seen them really like when I'm traveling in hotel rooms sure. or yeah. like on planes. So there are
0: some episodes where it's like oh, okay, these people know what they're talking about, and then there are the ones that are like that really don't. And so I think, but what I did eventually feel like was how shallow it was. Okay, there was nothing beyond nerds getting laid kind of yeah. eventually like there was nothing beyond that no world that existed it seemed like beyond that in a way that there were with other tv shows like how i met your mother and things like that that i, I engaged yeah. with more and as again it became something where nerds were more accepted in wider culture it became something i didn't know to need to go to bing bang theory for that by the way i really don't like friends either so i'm not just picking <laughs> on the nerd
1: show friends <laughs> are this awful show just, just, as don't, well. just don't
0: like network sitcoms
1: dude i love how i met your mother
0: well yes that's the exception that's the exception <laughs> of the rule um okay so i will um uh do my blessing curse i'll try to do them fairly quickly. Um, I'm going to bless um, uh, Kung Fu Panda okay. <laughs> as the positive representation of what a nerd at its best is. Because as you were saying, Nathan, Poe is a is a character who his obsession with these heroes... You know he has action figures of the Fearsome Five, and he's got all those things. Interesting. And his obsession with them caused him to want to be like them in their positive qualities. Okay. And so that's like when positive nerd and being nerd of these things, it caused you to be a better version of yourself and to become connected with us. He wants to actually do something in the world based on this.
1: So he was actually inspired to be a better person because of the stories he's obsessed Precisely. with.
0: Precisely. Then I'm going to also bless, um, the uh, the films Social Network and Steve Jobs. By Aaron Sorkin, directed by Aaron Sorkin. I'm really, such a Sorkin written, fan. I, shamelessly, shamelessly. <laughs> but um, what they did, I think they did a good job showing the negative side of nerddom, which is people who never actually kind of learn to get over their inner issues or their inability to connect with people and use their nerddom as a substitute oh, for Oh, interesting, okay. Their nerddom becomes a substitute for their inability to connect with people. And then they use that power that they gain to harm other people with that power. Interesting. And so that's that's something that's like, I think a good exploration of the negative side of it. And I'm going to curse, I would say, um, I would say every Ip Man movie besides the first one, <laughs> just because I love Ip Man, the first movie, it's a great movie, but it further and further from the first one becomes something that like we're going to twist history in order to um, push an agenda that I think is harmful. I think it's like it's like, if you want to have your fantasies, maybe separate your fantasies more from the historical records so you're not doing, you know, and that's, I think, one of the great things about nerddom and fantasies. You can build out these fantasies without doing harm to the historical record um, while you're doing it. Uh, The first one does that, too, but it's just a better movie, so I don't want to put it all under my curses.
2: I'm sorry. Did you say Ant-Man?
0: No, Ip Man. Ip, Ip it, Man. Oh, I haven't Ip, seen it okay. yet. I'm, I'm going I'm not familiar. to see it. Like, it's a Chinese kung fu movie. It's on oh, Netflix. Okay, you got got you, watch
2: actually yeah I'm not yeah. familiar. I, I thought, like you know, I know A Man and the wasp wasn't that great, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably one of my least favorite Marvel movies. But we'll we'll, we'll have that another another episode. Sure, sure. Um, cool. Any any comments you want to make on our on our choices?
2: You know, it's it's funny. Um, God, I had a thought. Of, it's gone now. Oh, so talking about friends and kind of this expectation that, you know, you'll be with someone that you have nothing in common with.
1: Yeah.
2: I, I, I do like friends. I was really the Chandler because I thought, you know, I, I thought he was amusing. Well, he's the
1: best part. If you're going to like <laughs> any part, he's the best part. You are
0: such a yeah. champ. Um,
2: <laughs> but I, I've been saying on social media lately, like Ross and Rachel were the worst couple. Like they could not have been more different. They were better as friends. I mean, they seem like they support each other better as friends. And, uh, you know, I think Ross should have wound up with Charlie. They were both like super nerds. You know, they're both paleontologists. Mm -hmm. That was really lame. That didn't work out. And then uh, Rachel and I think Joey would have been better together, honestly.
1: And this is a perfect segue into uh, plugging what you do. Chris, can you tell uh, anyone listening if they want to find out some of your projects, the things you're working on? Tell us a little bit about what you're working on and where people can find it.
2: Sure. Um, I You can go to dorkdaily.com. Um, also, go to youtube.com slash dorkdaily. Uh, there also is my personal YouTube site, uh, youtube.com slash crispy, where you can watch my latest films, um, you know, like my mm-hmm. film films. And the latest film I did was a... Um, Political, religious, reality TV, zombie satire called- (laughs) Perfect. uh, It sounds like
0: everything that we need in this world.
2: (laughs) Uh, Jesus v. Satan, rise of the zombies. It's what would happen if Jesus and Satan ran for office- during the zombie apocalypse oh my um,
1: gosh that's amazing please yeah. everyone go check that out and where can they find that again
2: uh that's on my personal youtube site that's youtube.com slash um ebcrispy that is uh, if you just search for jesus v satan on on you it's got a lot, lot of views that's great it.
1: yes and then uh DorkDaily.com, dorkdaily.com is all the other projects and things going on and for all the dorks and nerds out there please head over there this guy's got a lot of great stuff yeah. and you're gonna want to check it out
0: it's, it's a go-to place and if you
1: want to get in touch with uh the overthinkers find more about us, please go to the overthinkersjournal.com. Um, we are, we're going to have more articles up eventually. We have to actually put some stuff <laughs> put some up. Stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've been bad about that, but you can find our bios, what we're doing. Hopefully I have some live events in the future uh, at some point when we we're allowed to. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But check out the overthinkersjournal.com. Uh, also, I'm going to do a quick plug again for the group. We have so much fun, memes, discussions, debates. And Chris debates, is If you don't
0: like us, Chris is on the And he
1: posts <laughs> great stuff. Yes. Um, so please have it over the Facebook uh, overthink group, the private group. We have so much going. We'd love to have you there. Uh, If you like the, the show and you enjoy it, please share with a friend and leave a review. It helps us so much. It means so much. And if you want to get in touch with me, go to NathanClarkson.me, or you can find me on any of the socials. Just
0: search my name, Nathan Clarkson, Joseph. If you want to find me, go find me on the socials, Joseph Holmes. Also, you can go to my website, josephholmstudios.com. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. Thank you, all listeners, for joining us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about.